joining us for this podcast series from Citadel Chambers, a leading and progressive set of barristers specialising in crime and situated in the heart of Birmingham. We'll be taking a close look at the issues that impact on the cases the barristers deal with in court. If you're a barrister at another chambers, or if you're thinking about becoming a barrister, you'll be interested in our special podcasts about the working lives of the barristers at Citadel Chambers. I'm your host, Rebecca Harding, and I'll be joined by a range of experts from Citadel, from Queen's Council through to their junior barristers. They can all be contacted via the Citadel website, citadelchambers.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello and welcome and I'm here with Tim Hannan QC. Before his recent appointment as Queen's Counsel, he was a grade four prosecutor on the fraud and serious organised crime panels and he was authorised to prosecute for the SFO on panel A. In August 2008, he was appointed as standing counsel to the Revenue and Customs Prosecutions Office and he most recently prosecuted the largest criminal fraud case ever brought to court by the HMRC, which was Operation Amazon, before Southwark Crown Court in 2017. And now he's just become head of Citadel Chambers. So are they doing as you say now, Tim? <laughs> you got I control, think, mate. Have you got control? I think that so. the jury is, 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 is currently out on that. Um, barristers, bless them, um, sometimes it's like herding cats. But uh, I'm only a couple of weeks into the job. So I don't know yet. But so far, things appear to be going well. Excellent. So uh, we're going to talk about how you became a silk today. So tell me more about it. So how long have you been a silk? I was appointed in February of 2018. Um, I knew that I got it in December 2017. And I had applied for the post in March of that year. So it's, it's really just shy of a year between posting your form off and actually um, formally being appointed at a ceremony in Westminster Abbey in the uh, February. That's when. Exciting stuff. Yeah. So why did you want it? Why did you go for it? I've been doing, because of the standing council um, role, Silk's level of work um, for a number of years. And I was particularly convinced in my own mind to go for it because of my experience in Operation Amazon, which really took most of 2017 to prosecute down in Southwark. And I was led in that case by uh, an eminent QC, but we largely shared the prosecution of it and the presentation of the case. And there I was uh, during that year in a large courtroom full of silks. It seemed to me doing more of the heavy lifting than most of them. And I thought to myself, well, it's, it's, it's plain I can do the job. Um, it's yeah. plain that I can perform at that level because I was doing and so I decided to apply. And so come March of that year, two or three months into the trial, I decided to spend my evenings uh, drafting the application form. And how long did that take you? <laughs> oh, about, oh, yeah, two, two and a half, three weeks. It's a, it's a complicated process. And I think it's one of those things that, you know, if the outcome is important to you, You've got to spend the time. These forms are not straightforward. You, you can't waffle in them. You can't just assert that you're brilliant and everybody says you are. Um, for each of the competencies, you, you, you've got to think very carefully about the examples um, you're going to put down to, to prove that you have those competencies and not only that, that you can excel in them. Um, so yes. it's a lot of work and a lot of drafting. And then there's the 
you know, the evil word count. You, you, you can write a lot about yourself. Actually fitting it into the box um, yeah, is... that's always the hard bit. No, it's interesting that you say that you saw, you kind of working alongside other silks and that's yeah. what did it for you. I mean, is that a normal experience or were you lucky to have that experience? Because I can imagine a lot of people would sort of not have, not see that. And so making that decision to become a silk must be much harder for them. Um, I think those who are applying for silk uh, will have given it some thought, ideally, in advance. And I mean two or three years in advance. Um, And will have made plans and preparations and will have tried to be in the cases that are going to allow them to perform at that sort of level, at least to an extent. I think my experience in Operation Amazon, I think you're right, it it, it was unusual in that regard because of the amount of work that I, as a junior, had to do during that case. I I, I called, you know, large amounts of the uh, prosecution's evidence. Um, We even shared the opening address. It lasted for a fortnight, and I was on my feet for a week of that. I'm sharing that task, which is pretty unusual. And then um, cross-examining defendants in cases like that is an opportunity to shine um, if you do it well. But I think you can, with preparation and planning, give yourself that opportunity to shine. If you're prosecuting, it's perhaps a little easier in terms of taking on larger amounts of the of the Crown's case, if you're defending it, perhaps it's, it's less straightforward. But you really need to be in a position to to ensure that in those significant cases, you, you've got something to do and you've got something public to do. Because not only is it you that has to fill in the massive application form, ideally, you're going to have to find six eminent judges to write decent things about you. So you can't perform admirably in the you know in the back office as it were you, you've got to do something that's front. Uh, front yeah yeah so how did you approach it I mean that's a big ask isn't it to get all those people to do something for you did you find it easy to get them to do it or was there a lot of persuasion were people responsive no, very, very, very little I mean my position was was slightly different um, to some, because the cases that I've been involved in, really for the 10 years leading up to the decision to apply, let alone the two years, had been really big main prosecution cases. And so I struggled to find the requisite 12 cases of real significance right. in the two years leading up to the application to actually accumulate that number. And there are various provisos and, and, and reasons why it's not always necessary to have to do so. But, but in terms of asking people to assist me, I, out of courtesy on occasion, did drop an email to someone who I proposed to put on my form yeah. to say, do you mind? Um, what you shouldn't do is sort of canvas support or, or try to filter. But I think sometimes it's sensible to do that, particularly in my circumstances where I was going back a number of years to ask for this support. And on one or two occasions, everyone was supportive, but opponents who were in silk and who are now judges, for example, might say, well, it was a long time ago, Tim. Are you sure you really want me to do it? Oh, right, nice things. But yeah. you know, this is this is of some age now. To which I said, well, that's fair enough. And thank you for that. But there's a good reason why it was some age. That case lasted a year. That case lasted a year. You know, yeah. There are only so many <laughs> long cases you can fit in two years. 
And so would you mind? And they said, you know, that they, they were perfectly happy to um, assist. Other referees, I didn't ask in advance. I, 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 I didn't ask in advance right. the um, trial judge in Amazon. Um, I didn't ask in advance other judges because for, for various reasons. And at the time I was seeking that assistance, it didn't seem appropriate to, you know, flag it up there and then. I think what you do find is that people are perfectly happy to spend the time uh, preparing references for people who they think deserve it yes, and are worth it. Um, I think it's, 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 it's part of the responsibility of being a senior judge or a senior practitioner. And what I've never encountered is any negative feedback to the request or to the um, discovery that they have been put down right. as a referee. The world just doesn't approach it like that. Yeah. I mean, the, the referees form is, is massive. I mean, it's a significant amount of work that mm. you're asking somebody to take on. But I've never once heard either from my own personal experience or from anecdotal um, evidence anyone ever be anything other than positive and supportive if you're ready for it. I have heard ready, people yeah. say yeah. I might not be the right person to ask. Not that I haven't had that said it's to very me. Very diplomatic way of saying I've heard of it said um, to others. Yeah. Because sometimes people aren't ready for it. And rather than write a reference that says that, and I think that people are straightforward when they write these references, that there, there, there won't be anybody, I don't think, in this day and age prepared to, you know, sugarcoat pill in any way it'll either be it'll be a frank and honest assessment of your ability and that's either going to be an assessment of your ability that's good enough or 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 not Not. Um, if if anybody's thinking about becoming a silk what would you say those criteria are to sort of judge yourself if you're looking at yourself how would you you have cases that are not just serious cases every serious assault every rape every significant fraud they're all serious cases absolutely and and people who are contemplating applying for silk will be at a stage in their career where their daily diet of crown court work is serious um you need to spend the time planning and preparing to be in cases that are not not only serious in terms of their subject matter and content but actually legally significant, factually particularly complex. There are murders and there are murders. And then when you're involved in one of those cases, my advice is to just to write, keep a note, keep a diary, keep a note to yourself, keep a folder on your laptop of interesting cases, interesting points that come up. I mean, they might not be, you know, what the case is actually about, but, you know, a, 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 a wrinkle in the evidence may give rise to quite a difficult area of law that you as the junior had to go along and sort out a draft of skeleton argument on. And over the course of two or three or four years, whatever it might be, you forget them. And then it takes ages sitting down at the form, just trying to draw together um, all of those experiences that you've had and all of that evidence that yeah, you can present. And if you've just kept a note God, it's so much simpler. I didn't. I found it an absolute nightmare. But my advice is for those who, who now... I barely remember what I did yesterday. And, you know, the, the, the form, well, when I filled it in, it was about 65 pages long. It's a big document. Yeah. And 
when 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 you're staring at it and it's blank, <laughs> um, you'll be sitting there wishing, God, I wish I thought about this three years. I ago. think that's a brilliant tip. I think that's really good. And what other advice would you give to people, sort of in approaching the process, or, or what are your sort of top tips for people? I think treat it as treat it as you would any other case. This is a a significant piece of work that you're about to embark upon and take the time to do it. Um, And I I formed that view about serious applications ages ago. I formed that view about applying for a grade four with the CPS, about applying to become standing counsel, about applying to become a recorder. These aren't simple things to fill in. And you've got to take the time to do yourself justice. Not all of the competencies are as easy to fill in as as others. I mean, hopefully by the time that you're applying for SILK, you you, you have got a list of cases that you've maintained that you can go back to. You can show that you're a brilliant advocate. You can show that you're an excellent leader of teams. You can show that you can advise fantastically in writing and can grasp the most complex of legal concepts quickly, whilst at the same time analysing an enormous amount of information. You know, you ought to be able to show that. But there is, for example, the box on diversity. And oh, really? your, so it's all those uh, sorts of things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Really and, and rightly so. It, it, it's it's yeah, very, no, absolutely. very important. You know, I, I, I work in a huge multicultural city, but I'm also you know, a bald white man who went to Oxford. That's the box. I hadn't noticed him. <laughs> That's the box. Thank goodness this is a podcast rather than a film. That's the box that isn't the most straightforward one to fill in without yeah. appearing tokenistic or, or glib. And, um, and, and it, it's difficult, and rightly so, and it makes you think about what the role of being a silk is in, in the 21st century and what um, role being a member of the bar plays in society at that time. And that was the one I found the most difficult to fill in, because until you, you, you really sit down and that's the topic that doesn't immediately sort of rush off the end of your pen when you're filling your form. Having that diary is something as things occur to you as you're working. That's that's another yeah. place you can gather some of those ideas as you go along. It, 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 it really is. It really is. You know, you, you should make sure, I think, as well, that you, you know, you read all of the relevant literature, the, the, the guidance. There's, there's a really um, useful equality and diversity publications put out there by the Bar Council and by other organisations. It, it, it forces you to become hopefully more aware of the world in which you operate, of the nuances that exist within it. And it, and it frankly, it makes you a better person as well as making you a better barrister just to reflect on society, given the role that we perform within it. Exactly, and what you're doing. No, that's, that's really interesting. So in terms of um, your colleagues, you know, say in Chambers and Chambers itself, I, I did everybody support you in doing this um i almost sort of pushed me forward (laughs) (laughs) one of the things people find difficult to do i think is to blow their own trumpet people are excellent practitioners they've got great practices they do well they get great results you know they might be the consummate professional that that's brilliant but getting anybody to say it getting anybody to put themselves forward to be judged by their peers 
is really not straightforward. And sometimes it takes a bit of arm twisting and persuasion. Encouragement. Encouragement. That's the wrong word. Encouragement to do it. And it it started from, you know, my then head of chambers. We were both working in in Liverpool at the time. Uh, He was doing a case up there. I was was sitting up there and, you know, we met up for a a bite to eat. And, and, And that was the first sort of salvo fired. Come on, Tim. You know, it's, it's yeah, about when you're going to do time. it. <laughs> um, and you know, it's about time because you are doing work of that standard. I have been prosecuting silks and defending against silks in cases for a number of years. It wasn't wasn't just that that one case in Amazon. You know, when your career is at the point where now is the time to give it a go. Then there was a, a big event that Chambers held, and the number of people I don't know whether it was choreographed with hindsight or whether it just was a number of people getting together during the same event saying come on come on come on and, and you know that was a month or so before the deadline in 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 2017 so i would say they were very very supportive and encouraging of it and in terms of you know being put into situations to enable you to gain the experience and the evidence of all of the competencies Chambers went out of its way to to provide me with those opportunities. So I think it was, I I can't complain in any way. I'm just very grateful that they gave me, frankly, the backbone to get up and up and do it. Well, thank you, Tim. That's been really interesting. I've I've, I've learned a lot, actually, and that has been good. So I'm sure the people listening will find that really helpful. So thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for joining us. This podcast was brought to you by Citadel Chambers, a leading and progressive set of barristers specialising in crime and situated in the heart of Birmingham. If you want to get in touch with any of our speakers in this podcast episode, then please visit our website, citadelchambers.com. All the views expressed in this podcast are individual opinions and do not constitute professional advice. If you want to see how an issue applies to your own situation, then please talk to us directly to obtain professional advice.